Chapter 24 Caleb My hood was still covering my head, concealing and shadowing my face in the last moments of twilight. Who's this one, Willie boy? His mocking, deep tone resonated with a kind of threat. Willie boy? But William didn't act as angrily or as quickly as I expected. She's quick. A little mm, bigger than you like them, but I've always loved a woman with muscle and meat, he said, slapping my lower back, his hand so large that it caught my backside. I flinched away, spitting blood onto his black leather boots. I wouldn't touch her again, Caleb, William growled, voice dripping with animosity as he stepped forward, suddenly appearing twice as tall as he ever had before. There's the William I expected. I kept my head down, trying to breathe evenly. I got the urgent, sinking feeling that this was a man who should not see my face. His glance fell to the blood on his boot. Then he rocked his weight back and forth and looked back up at William. Blood filled my mouth, but I refused to let this man watch me bleed. He seemed to enjoy it. Haven't seen you around here in quite some time. I steer clear of people who annoy me. William's tone never faltered. It was stone, cold, and even. The man's eyes flickered, and his mouth twitched, but he betrayed nothing more. That's where we've always differed, the man began. While you run from fear, I face it. I beat it to a bloody pulp. William snickered. I don't run. I bide, he said, his voice low. He turned and took my hand, starting to walk away. Seems like you're running now, he called after us. I spun and projectile spat all the blood filling my mouth onto his face. I quickly dropped my head back down, hoping he didn't catch my features. He wiped his face, staring at me, his eyes blazing with anger, but his mouth twitching with humor. We don't run. It came out of my mouth before I could control it, but I sounded raspy and deep. Had I not felt the words slipping from my lips, I might have thought they came from someone else. My staff flipped in my hands before I could think, and the bottom end of it knocked his jaw out of place and quickly took his footing as well. He winced as he hit the ground with a deafening boom, but he wasn't out. He grasped the end of my staff and rebounded my end into my already bloody mouth. A sharp, splintering pain shot through my teeth and I fell and spat yet more blood onto the ground. I was lucky to still have them all intact. Sorry, Dr. G, I thought, imagining what my dentist would do if he could see this. A grunt came from behind me, followed by the sound of something hard hitting something soft and a muffled groan. Someone got hit. Then I was being ripped from the ground by the back of my shirt. Heavy breath heaved as this Caleb lifted me up. I was grateful for my hood, somehow still in its place, still protecting my identity. But then his hands ripped it from my head, and my hair fell freely around my face and shoulders. He placed one hand on the back of my neck and a low grunt escaped his lips. What a Neanderthal. I knew my chances of getting away from him without him seeing my face were thin, but I whipped my head back as hard as I could and his nose cracked against my skull. 
Blood spewed into my hair and he dropped me. I heaved as the ground took the air from my lungs, and again when his foot crumpled my ribcage. I kept my face against the grass, everything inside of me screaming not to roll over. I reached out, trying to pull myself away from him, and felt my staff. My fist wrapped around the wood, and adrenaline filled my veins, pulling me to my feet. Knowing I had one shot, I didn't even think. I whipped around, my staff connecting with his head. His body fell like a ragdoll's onto the grass with a resounding thud. The ground shook with the sheer weight of this man collapsing onto it. I ran to William, who seemed to be just coming to. Together we winced as I helped him up from the ground, but he seemed unnaturally steady for someone who'd just been knocked out. If that was how the guy lying crumpled on the ground was going to be in just a few short minutes, it was time to get the hell back inside the protection of the cloaked village. We made our way back to William's house as fast as our aching bodies could get us there. My jaw swelled, and blood freely leaked into my mouth, like warm, rusty iron, as William held most of my body weight up while we ran. My ribs were already so bruised that I was sure at least some of them had to be broken. They were screaming with agony through each step. Still, there was only one thing I could think about. William. My body still felt hot from the fight, every inch of my skin buzzing. My feet found proper footing, and William and I swapped roles. I started dragging him. The world seemed to be crumbling away. I felt my pulse strong in my ears, air ripped through my lungs and I grunted, my anguish slowly becoming a low scream. I felt like I was falling into one of my dreamscapes. We passed Claire, who called out to us, but I couldn't make out exactly what she was saying. I was too lost in my own world. I was sure it had something to do with the blood dripping from my mouth and the manic look on my face, but I kept pulling William right past her towards his house. I half-kicked his door in, yanked him across the corridor, threw the door closed, and thrust him against it. An enormous thud meant that the staves he was carrying hit the floor, but I didn't care. I pushed myself into him, feeling his heart beating. My skin was on fire. I ran my hands through his hair, and he wiped the blood from my face. Breathing heavily, we stared at one another, unsure if we should discuss Caleb grab a washcloth, or just keep going with where this was headed. I fit my mouth on his, forceful yet cautious, calm, and I felt two parts of him at odds. His first reaction pulled me closer, wrapping himself around me, but it only lasted half a second before he pulled away, my blood staining his lips. I touched my own, still bleeding, and I came back to reality full force. I stumbled back, catching myself on a stool. He lunged forward to catch me, but I held my hand up, steadying myself. I shouldn't have hit you so hard in the face, he apologized. I shouldn't have kissed you with my bloody mouth, I laughed, smiling. I spun and spit into the sink, turning the water on at the same time. Look at you guys with your running water. So advanced, I joked. I said we don't really use cars, not that we live in a stone age, he joked back, coming behind me and lazily draping an arm around my midsection before stepping toward the freezer. 
He bagged up some ice and held it over my ribs. I took it from him, wincing, the pain of the fight finally hitting home. So, uh, just curious, I began while he sifted through the refrigerator for something to eat. Who beat the crap out of us? I finished, trying to sound casual. Caleb? He mimicked my tone. He's just... he's... Caleb. Of course, that clears it right up. I placed the ice down on the counter, running my hands under the cold water. He's hard to describe when you first meet him. He took a bite out of the apple in his hand as if this Caleb guy was no big deal. But his body language betrayed him. He couldn't look at me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I lifted handfuls of water to my lips, cleaning my mouth, checking my teeth every now and then to make sure none were loose. William tried to find the words to tell me about Caleb. His silence, his stumbles, spoke volumes. Forget it. We don't have to talk about it right now. He took a breath and gathered his thoughts. Did he see you? Your face? He asked, the casual tone finally breaking. I don't really know. I was busy getting my ribs kicked in. The edge in my voice was not what I intended, but it came out nonetheless. I tried not to let him see me. I don't think he did, but I don't know. I can't be sure. He's a follower of sorts. He's in love with her. Everything she is, she does, will do. He's devoted to whatever she wants. He finished, and I couldn't help myself. I started laughing. My ribs screamed in pain. I picked up the ice and held it against my rapidly swelling side. Zealots are funny? He eyed me cautiously. No, sorry, uh, that guy being a crazed fanboy is a little funny, though. We were friends a long time ago. A distant look crossed his eyes, like he was remembering frolicking in the fields with Caleb as a child. I giggled again and his stare bore into me. I'm imagining Caleb, tattoos, and that braid and all just as a child. I tried not to laugh to keep my ribs intact, but I started hiccuping instead. Okay, that's a little funny. He laughed. Are they all that strong? A lot of them. But we're strong, too. Speak for yourself, I winced. You're walking around munching on an apple like you weren't just knocked unconscious. I'll be limping for weeks with a huge welt on my face. He took the ice from me, but kept it firmly on my ribs, and he laced his fingers with mine. He placed his chin on my shoulder and whispered, Ever the doubter. I turned to face him. That's not fair, I said, unlacing my hand from his. He took a breath to say more but Claire opened the door and let herself in, followed by Brayden. Sorry, hope we're not interrupting, Claire said, a little sheepishly. William and I were standing so close that I could feel his breath on my face. We are, Brayden said, shrugging. But Claire was worried. You guys sort of blew by her in a bloody rage. For the first time, I caught my reflection in a mirror by the door. I'd have been worried if I'd seen me too. My jaw was already twice its usual size and a searing shade of red. 
Blood was still flowing down parts of my lips and chin. I was also favoring one side of my body heavily over the other, causing me to lean grossly to the left. Met Caleb, I said, hoping something in them would give way to a little more information as to whom he was. I wasn't disappointed. There was a quick flash of anger in Claire's eyes, and Braden looked from me to William and back again. Yeah, he seems nice. Gave me some good parting gifts, I said, gesturing to my face and ribs. And he knocked this one unconscious, though you'd never know. William was growing increasingly more pale the more I spoke. He and Braden looked intently at each other, as though communicating without speech. Without so much as a word, William turned and walked up the small set of stairs behind the kitchen, and Braden followed. I guessed Claire and I weren't welcome. They do that sometimes, Claire said, and I turned back toward her. Here, sit down if you can. She pulled out a chair for me. I sat slowly, trying to find the best way without my ribs exploding. She got a washcloth and began cleaning the leftover blood off my face, offering a motherly kind of chastising for going beyond the boundaries of the protection of the cloaked village. I made a mental note to ask William where the boundary began. He came out of nowhere, as if he just appeared, I said, though it came out like a gross, odd mumbling. It sounded like I was holding a golf ball in my mouth. He's a foot soldier. He's swift. She held an ice pack up to my face. He relies on brute strength and speed. She wrung out the washcloth as I sat, pondering. She hummed under her breath, just barely audible. It was a calming tune, almost Celtic. She placed the washcloth on the side of the sink and turned to open the refrigerator. She skimmed through bottles and vials on the door before finally taking out a small, translucent, bluish one. Filling a cup with water, she put two drops of blue liquid in, then held it out to me. It's cedar root extract. It'll help you heal faster. I don't have much to give you for the pain, but... At least you'll get better quickly. Here's hoping, I thought. I took the water, draining it in a few gulps. I didn't realize how thirsty I was. The even pacing of feet thumped from upstairs. William must have been thinking hard about something. Muffled voices followed, but I couldn't make out what either of them were saying. When Claire suggested I lay down, I quickly agreed. She helped me out of the chair and down the hall to a small bedroom. It took me a little while to sit down, then lie back. The pain hadn't subsided, but lying down sure helped. The ice pack was still firmly on my ribs when I drifted into sleep. A squish woke me up. I'd rolled over and dropped the bag onto the floor, all the ice now melted. As my eyes fluttered open, a cool new ice pack was already on my side, William's hand holding it. He smiled, offering me a cup of water. More cedar root, he whispered softly. I thanked him and drank it down as quickly as I could. Whoa, slow down there, tiger, he laughed. How long have you been sitting there? I asked, handing the glass back to him. A couple hours. I lost count. Fell asleep a couple times, he answered, nonchalant as if it was normal to sit by someone's bedside for hours at a time. How are you feeling? 
A distracted calm sat in his voice, as if he was trying to keep himself steady instead of me. Embarrassed, beaten up, much weaker than I'd like to feel this early in the game? I rambled as if checking things off a grocery list. He frowned. I already told you. I know. I know what you told me. I snapped a little too roughly. It doesn't make it any easier. I sighed audibly. I just... If I can't even manage to fight against one of her men, how the hell am I supposed to go up against her army? Or her, for that matter? You're acting like you're doing this alone. Oh, I'm sorry, nine of us against an army. Far better odds. We haven't pledged our lives to this because it's going to be easy. His voice resonated deep within his body, his anger rising quickly. I'd never seen this side of him. Not behaving this way with me, anyway. If you thought you were going to come here, fight a war in a day, and then head home, you were sorely mistaken. William, I... Perhaps we were sorely mistaken about you. Wow, I said, staring daggers into his eyes. His comment hurt more than the beating I'd taken from Caleb. The air soured between us, and the guilt flooding into me was suddenly far more painful than the ache in my side or my jaw. I didn't mean it like that, I said quietly, placing a hand on his. He pulled it away and slowly walked from the room. Heat rose to my eyes. I closed them as a few stray tears streaked their way down my cheeks. I slept the whole way through the night, and when I woke again, the sun had risen. The ice pack on my ribs was gone, and a full glass of water sat beside me, faintly blue. I drank it down. My ribs were still sore and my face still swollen, though much less than yesterday. I walked through the corridor, hoping to find William in the kitchen. No such luck. He wasn't happy with me. I sighed. I turned and glanced out the window to see the adults gathered in a circle around Sarah, all poised to attack, each carrying a different weapon. Sarah wielded nothing but a small knife. I watched as they all moved independently, but with a strange kind of unison. Sarah was damn fast, dodging their attacks and advances. Her footwork rivaled some of theirs. Suddenly, she shot out from the circle and took off toward one of the houses. The group looked around for her, and I watched as she maneuvered herself onto the roof. Damn it, she was good. I walked over to the sink to wash my glass, a heavy feeling sitting in my stomach from last night. I wondered if William mentioned anything to them about what I'd said. A wave of shame crashed over me. They'd spent so much time and energy trying to get me ready, and at the first sign of opposition, I buckled. But you're allowed to have doubts and be afraid, and you shouldn't be afraid to talk about them. And they shouldn't jump down your throat just because you voice your inner feelings, a voice said inside me. I set the glass down on the wooden drying rack next to the sink. My head fell into my hands, but only for a moment. After what happened last night, I wanted everyone to know I didn't plan on leaving. I stepped out into the morning and gulped down the air, cool and clean. It was a welcome sensation that almost knocked me off my feet. I strode toward the group, all of whom were paired off in training. Sarah fed the horses. I've never done this before, I spoke loudly, sternly enough to be heard over the grunts of focused bodies, 
all of which turned and looked at me. You've all been planning this forever, but I've never done this before. The power in my tone struck me, matched only by my even pace. I planted my feet. I'd never felt so still. I come from a place where wars are raged with thousands, hundreds of thousands, and we don't have hundreds upon hundreds of years to sit dormant, planning, waiting for the right moment. I've never done this. And you, I said, turning toward William, made me feel like a coward just because for a second I needed to voice my concern to the person who tells me I have to trust him. I was lying in a bed, bloody and beaten. I winced as I gestured dramatically back toward the house. I'm here. I'm not leaving. But I'll be damned if for a second I feel like you all don't trust me the way I trust you. I'm afraid. Let me be afraid. William said it himself. Courage is a choice made in the midst of fear. Let me voice my fear so that I can choose my courage. I finished, breathing heavily in the silence as my words sank in.